Welcome to the Coin Off Cowboys, the podcast where four guys explore the absurdities of everyday life, sharing our entertaining experience and insights on a variety of topics. Hello, Coin Opians. This week, Stephen talks about trick-or-treating for about 30 minutes. Can you guess what disgusting turd-shaped candy he enjoys shoving down his gullet every year? Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. Uh, but first, Chris talks about a pair of silly lions that killed about 150 people in the span of six months. Well, do you think Stephen will be able to stay awake for the entire story? Stay tuned. Drop us a line if you uh, want your comments and mail heard on air. Our email address is coinopcowboyspod at gmail.com. That is coinopcowboyspod at gmail.com. Like and subscribe, follow and rate us. Be sure to spread the word about this episode to your friends. You don't want to miss this one. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple and Google Podcasts, and now on YouTube. So, yeah, go go on YouTube. Find us on YouTube. Uh, we release an episode every week, so go take a listen to past episodes and get all caught up because you deserve it. Now... You haven't noticed? We're on video. We're on video. It's very exciting. You finally get a chance to gaze into the eyes of your favorite cowboy. <laughs> yes. It's, it's true. It's true. You can. You're welcome. Well, anyway. Yeah, uh, this is a very special Halloween episode. Uh, we worked really hard to put this together. So uh, this is part one of our two-parter. Next week will be part two. Uh, so, t- so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, be sure to like, follow, subscribe. Again, you know, we're on YouTube. No big deal. But go follow us there. Go view our videos, whatever it is. Anyways, uh, without further dudes, uh, enjoy the show. <laughs> this is the only way it comes. <laughs> this is all I get. I thought you were taking pills to help it grow. I, I need to go on the on cycle right now. I'm off my cycle. Like a period? <sighs> yeah, spin the wheel. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Coin Op Cowboys. I have the boys here, and we're going to have you guys introduce yourselves in the order that you're in. And, of course, you are in the perfect order. We, this is actually going to be in a, a part of a series that we have uh, for you guys. It's a Halloween series, a two-parter, part one this week and next week we'll have part two uh so all the guys have been working hard gathering their whatever scary yeah, stuff some would say multi-word multi-word some would say topics. some people are still working on it clickety clack chris over there well, i thought i heard angel clickety clacking and he's like oh no it's, it's i'm gonna my topic today is masks. Yeah, I don't understand what kind of typing you would need when you just type one word. I think it should be done by now. What is the difference between a Halloween mask and the mask we put on every day? Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that you said, like, hey, you guys weren't doing anything all day. Like, I, you know, why, why couldn't we be here at, at 9 o'clock on the dot? And I realized what I thought was going to be, like, an easy Sunday afternoon of, like, watching football... I feel like my children have been go, go, go all day and upset and grumpy and fighting each other. And it was actually, I got mm, probably right about maybe about 730 is when I finally got a little bit of peace to start working on my stuff. But it's going to be my kid's been fine. My cat is fucking out. I will pay anybody a million dollars to fucking take my cat. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. (laughs) <laughs> please have the check in hand it is currently clawing at the bottom of the door to try to get to me for i don't know what reason i've it missed it. you i don't care it doesn't ever shut up I just it has to feelings too up. steven just shut up <laughs> you fucking narcissist i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck Ooh. i'm gonna take it to the woods i'm gonna leave it 
This is all recording when we find out that Steven was a serial killer. He's like, oh, who's surprised? Yeah. Proof is in the pudding. All right, gentlemen. Uh, this is your question. I'm going to introduce you in order. And your question this week, you find a magic pumpkin that grants Halloween-themed wishes. What's the first thing you wish for, and what are the unexpected consequences? Again, you find a magic pumpkin that grants Halloween-themed wishes. What's the first thing you wish for, and what are those unexpected consequences? We're going to go to the person on my right, which is Stephen. Oh, great. Hello, everybody. Um, Steezy up on the mic. You know, I'm a world traveler now. Euro trash mustache. (laughs) And a lot of judgment on that. It's okay, though. Because we're thriving and surviving, baby. Um, I found a Halloween pumpkin. It's going to grant me some wishes. How many wishes do I get? doesn't matter. It's my one. first wish, it's right? one. One wish. You get three wishes, but what's your first one? That nobody else in this podcast gets any wishes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But what's the consequences of that? It doesn't come true. <laughs> Yeah, what are the consequences? Mm, that you guys all live miserably for the rest of your lives because I denied you of your wishes while I live high on the hill with all my riches laughing at you. <laughs> wow, Steven's a dick. A How's that for narcissism, one. Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. All right, Steven, thank you so much for your, uh, for your dick wish. Next, let's have uh, Chris. What up, what up cowboys <laughs> and cornopians? We got a special, special pumpkin. Still thinking about it. Episode for you tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, if I found that said magical pumpkin, the one thing that I think would be cool is for the skeletons to rise. Skeletons to rise in the aspect of my relatives. They come back to life and they come and visit me. They say, Chris, me more. How are things going? With hugs and laughters. We get to talk and converse, but see, the downside is once they have been risen, they have nothing else to do. So they decide to stay at my house and decide to poke fun at my lifestyles and say, what is this fantasy football thing? And kind of kind of just start to become more of a pain or, or nagging or like, Chris, when are you going to grow up? And then I start to have to go to therapy, but then there's like skeleton therapy and it just spirals down from there. And they call you a disappointment. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm not upset, Chris. That turned out really good. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> All that potential. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, next up, we have Ryan. What up, Coinopians? It's your favorite cowboy here, Ryan. Also a world traveler, but I didn't come back like a piece of Euro trash. I came back prim and proper. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if I got this magical pumpkin from the Blumpkin factory, I would wish for fast passes to all of the local haunt events. So I would never have to wait in line for any of the haunts. Nice, dude. But the unintended consequence is that fast pass would only be for me. So it'd be very lonely. Mm. I'll go with you. But you don't get the fast pass. Only I get the fast pass. So... So I'd go to the fast pass to see you in line, and then go again in the fast pass and see you still in line. So Ryan, have, have you ever have you ever seen? So the fast passes are fantastic out in the world. Have you ever seen a situation where ninety percent of the populace also got the fast pass? No. 
and th- and then you're all just kind of you're all in the fast pass line together, and it's going just as slow. Where did you encounter this? The Queen Mary. I was oh. with you. <laughs> <laughs> the fast pass took about two hours to get on through the maze. It was horrible. That's miserable. How long was the general line? Two hours? A little bit longer, but mm. still. Yeah, we did like two. Maybe two mazes. I paid for the fast pass for the amusement park we went to in in, uh, in Europe, and it was fantastic. Yeah, we'll just walk straight on. It was a beautiful oh. thing. Here have been to Six Flags. Waits. Went to Six Flags once when there was like a slight drizzle and there was nobody there. Oh yeah, and I literally did. I did Goliath like six times in a row. I was like, nice. Sounds nice. The unintended consequence is it's not as fun after like the third time. Like the you just like ah oh, woo. <laughs> and it starts to catch up. You need some downtime in between yeah, you all, need the, like all the thrills. A few weeks. No, the uh, I actually went to the what is it? The Halloween Horror Nights, and even with the fast pass, the unlimited fast pass, it was still quite a wait. Uh, at a certain point in the night, they stopped general admission in some of the mazes, and just to get into the Chucky one was like forty. With the fast pass, for, yeah, way overselling it. Number one, that one's expensive as fuck. So how are so many people going to this thing? How are so many people doing everything? To be fair, at a certain point in the night, I think it was like after 11, you can upgrade at a discount the regular admission to to front-of-the-line passes. So I think that's what caused the congestion. I've seen TikToks of Universal this year, and it looks absolutely miserable. I will say it was fun because we got there early enough, and we did a lot of the mazes. It was a good time. Uh, my favorite one was the Chucky one. That was pretty Things good. Things just don't scare me anymore. Uh, not like they will, like a good maze will scare me, but not at like Universal because the sheer amount of people that are there going through the maze, it's just a continual line of people. There's no unique terror in any of it. You're just like, oh, okay. There's strength in numbers. You see all the scares that pop out and just, they can't focus on you. It's boring. The good ones segment you into your group and then they space it out versus just yeah. throwing a conga line through the goddamn yeah. thing. <laughs> I, was say, conga I, would, line. Yeah. I would disagree with Steven. When uh, when I when I met my wife, I found out that she was a huge fan of The Walking Dead, which I was I never watched the show. I'm not really a big horror person to begin with anyways. I mean, I'll get in line for Disney, Disney movies, but whatever. So I say, hey, we should go to Universal Studios. We go there. We do the one where you get on the shuttle and they drive you to the back lot and they let you off. Just like there's like 20 of you. And then and then they just drive away. They just leave you in the middle of the dirt lot. And you're kind of like, all right. So we all kind of just start walking in different directions. And as you're walking through, guys come out of the woods with chainsaws and start chasing everyone individually oh, that's right and it was utterly terrifying you could like feel the exhaust coming off it and i was like okay there's not a blade on there but it makes me think there is yeah it was horrible you did the 17th door with us right chris i did yeah. the 17th door i was the 18th person oh, i did it like three times <laughs> and then eventually got to the point where I was like, i'm done with this fucking shit <laughs> I got out before they started drowning people. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, they were definitely, like, pushing the line of what a haunted house could be. Uh, Are you uh, saying they started drowning people? Yeah, they, 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 the, last, the, the last year they did it where we didn't do it, they put you into a tunnel. And remember, did you do the year where they, like, electrified the floor in a tunnel? What? Like, they put you in a tunnel and they said, like, just go as fast as you can. And if you went too slow, like, the floor would, like, shock you. Dang. 
<laughs> yeah. So then, la- and then like the last year, I guess they put you in that tunnel, but then they filled it with water, and it like literally like get there like up to your head. Oh dang! <laughs> so like all your clothes are wet. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> you just. I hope you don't have your cell phone with you. <laughs> yeah. One of the guys we were with um, was talking about it. He's like, I've, I've done the seventeenth door like twice or three times. And I was like, wow, I've heard they torture you. And he's like, yeah, they do. It's amazing. Like, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> that sounds a bit masochistic. People want that shit. A little excited about that. My favorite time we did it, the last time we did it, they had one room where they put everybody into like, an electric chair. So it was like a bunch of electric chairs that circled the entire room. So you like fit like six, seven people in it. And you had buttons on your chair. So you would like push a button, like number four, like whoever is sitting in chair number four. And they say, all right, who do you guys want to get shocked? Vote for that person. And everybody voted. Oh, everybody voted for the same person. It was my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing him scream and squirm and just scream <laughs> out the top of his leg about how much it hurt. <laughs> he said it. He said it. He had a mark on his like thigh for like a week. Oh my god! All right. Well, I'll, I'll round it out real quick. Uh, my wish is to have vampire powers. Damn it! I kind of thought about that. However, that's a good one. Can't take it back. Do you glow in the sunshine? Uh, sparkle in the sunshine? Yeah, I, I sparkle yeah. in the sunshine. I have all the, the, the good benefits of being a vampire. However, I can only turn into a fruit bat and develop an insatiable craving mm. for bananas. Ooh. So that sucks. And that rounds out the questions. Thank you so much for your contributions on pumpkin wishes. All right. Let's bring up the picker Man, wheel. How many bananas would be too many bananas in one week? In one week? Yeah. I think one banana a day is good. Two bananas is pushing it. Three bananas. So 21 bananas is too many bananas. Yeah, well, I was going to say, what about one banana per day for a month? I could do that. I could fuck with a banana on my drive to work every day. Steven, wake up. Let's go ahead and spin that wheel. Spin your fucking wheel. Yeah. Here it comes. Oh, there's so many things on there. Oh. Hey, it's Chris. Oh, good night. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Chris. What did you bring for our lovely Coinopians this week? A special Halloween episode. I want to invite everyone to get real close, real close to the campfire. I want to tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm here. I'm present. It was, uh, it was 3 a.m. We had three guys in the valley below. My dad and I, we got dropped off at the road at the top of the hill, and we started pushing our way down. We said, hey, we're going to find the elk, and we're going to push him down to the rest of the team. So as we're going, you know, we didn't really see much action that morning. It's maybe 9.30 in the morning, and as we're... We're walking down. We're not really, we're not too worried about being silent because we're the we're the noise, we're the sound. But I noticed I would take a few steps, and then I heard the faint step step stop. And you guys ever get that feeling of someone following you? I would turn around. I would look through the woods. Wouldn't see anything. So I would take a few more steps, and then I would hear that step 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 return. And I look again. See nothing. I started taking my step, step, steps a little bit quicker. I worked my way down the hill. 
So we're hunting through the rest of the afternoon at about 2, 2 p.m. We're going around the other side of the hill and I see an elk. I fire. Success. We got it. I go down there and we start field dressing that elk and we cut it up in about five portions. There's three of us and we start hiking them up the hill. So I took my, I took a bag, my dad took a bag, or the friend took a bag. We all got to the top of the hill. And then before I got to the top, my dad went down, got, got the fourth one. And so I said, okay, let me put this pack down, put the rifle down, stretch for a moment. I'm going to go down there. We're going to get the last one. Now you see it's about seven, eight o'clock at night now. And so I head down the hill. I get about halfway down the hill and I realize that I left my rifle at the top. So I was like, well, and as I'm getting closer, I start hearing growling in the bushes. And I come across the elk and the last bag of meat is in the tree. So I, I'm trying to un, untie it and I start hearing movement and growling. And I cut the rope real quick and I just grab the bag and I book it up the hill. And I must get about 30 yards up the hill before I just hear ripping and tearing and carnivore all kinds of carnivorous activities. It was frightening. But you know what it reminded me of? The time the cowboys went to Kenya. Do you guys remember that moment? Let me let me bring it all back. Kenya? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, what? Kenya. What you talking about, Willis? Kenya, explain more. Can, <laughs> can I have some more? <laughs> Kenya, Africa. See, Lieutenant Colonel... John Henry Patterson arrives in Kenya to oversee the Uganda Railway through the darkest part of Africa. Pitches his tent, gets all set up with the men and supplies. It's been three weeks. The cowboys have been here, working away, no problem. Darkness settles. The cowboys were set up in the tent at the edge of the at the edge of the camp. Uganda uh, 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 foreman foreman Ugon Singh sleep all in the tent together. Suddenly, the cowboys are ferociously woken up by Singh yelling. The only bit of sound that he could get out was help. And he reaches out for Ryan. And Ryan, Ryan. I'm so confused. <laughs> this is <laughs> literal cowboys. Oh, I think he's, try, I think he's trying to do a ghost. So, uh, so okay. he reaches out for Ryan's hand, and Ryan reaches out and he misses it. And Ryan, he disappeared into the darkness. With the sheer horror on his face, what did you guys do? Uh, I uh, grabbed my satchel and started rummaging through my belongings. Yeah. <laughs> Anything in particular you were looking for? Uh, my flare gun. Wow. Good idea. Good idea. With the Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next, so the would would you say you guys were all a little surprised? Scared, terrified, maybe it's horny. So I'm dead. It was uh no, no, the other guy left. He's oh well, that wasn't me. I thought I flew off into the Yeah, darkness. I was just describing of this guy getting you know, this bunk mate next to you getting pulled out. You guys are like any questions on what you think that might be? Any concern? Well, the next morning the cowboys get out with Patterson and they look around and they find footprints. Lion footprints. But you see, it wasn't just lion footprints. There was heel and hand foot and handprints describing the poor guys he got carried off into the African grass. So the cowboys and Patterson, we follow we follow the, the trail, and we realize that there would be small portions of blood, 
and then there would be these larger pools of blood and then small portions and large portions. Well, we realized that that lion, when it had pulled that poor man out, it would stop periodically and it would proceed to lick his skin until the skin was raw enough that it would allow him to get to the muscle underneath. Oh. It was a dreadful habit of licking his prey to get to that tissue. After several miles, they found Singh, or what was, what was left of him. Muscle and pieces and bone everywhere, but his head, his head was there with a look of sheer horror on his face. Why was just his head left amongst the carnage? It was a gruesome sight. But you see, the footprints showed that it wasn't just one lion, but it was actually two. And they had great excitement in pulling apart their preferred pieces. It was later found that several other workers had disappeared over the past few days. But you know, I think Singh went down as the first officially recognized vis victims of the two lions that would be known as the Savo Maneaters, the Ghost and the Darkness. Have you heard of them? Is, is this a real story? Uh, you think I would talk about non-real stories on the Coinop Cowboys? Curse only speaks the truth. That's true. Only the truth. I'm Thank sorry. You, Ryan. I'm sorry for questioning you. So I'm lost. <laughs> the that was the intro to this horrific story that I'm getting ready to tell you. Anything concern you about the intro so far, Stephen? Uh, I was at a campfire and I was looking for my flare gun. And I don't know what happened. After that. <laughs> so what I was. <laughs> what I was going, what I was going for, instead of just Chris rummaging off this long-winded tale, I thought I would bring you guys into it and say, "Hey, as if imagine if you were in this story and this item happened, how would you react to that? What are your thoughts? How would you sound?" That's kind of what I'm going for, but I can always just read the whole story too. So either or, and it was 1898, so they may they may or may not have had flare guns at that point, but I liked your uh, I liked your go on it. I'm sure they had flare guns in 1898. Yeah, I mean they had firearms, they had fires, but did they have flare guns in the in the middle of Africa? I was ten mm. years old in nineteen ninety eight. Eighteen ninety eight. Oh, good news, Chris. The flare gun was inv invented in eighteen fifty nine. Hey, perfect, perfect. <laughs> let's get let's get some on down there. So give so, Stephen his goddamn flare gun. <laughs> <laughs> so the next night. Patterson, worried, he said, you know, I'm going to make a platform and I'm just going to wait for this sucker. So he just got up there and he sat there with his 303 and his shotgun and he said, I'm just going to wait for that guy to come on. About midnight, he begins hearing periodic roars. Some over here in the distance, over there to my left, a little bit over here behind me. Sometimes they were close, sometimes they were far. Why would they announce their arrival? Right? I mean, if there wasn't so much grass around, he could probably pick one off, but he just hears them periodically. So for three hours, it's all just periodic roarings. Then it got quiet, and he got concerned. He said, was, was that it? I didn't get an opportunity to fire. I didn't get an opportunity to shoot. Suddenly, hundreds of screams arose. They, he stayed on the platform until sunrise because he said, by no means am I going to crawl down this platform and walk through the grass back to camp to see what was going on. When the sun awoke, he went down there, and they found that a lion, who they thought would have stayed at the perimeter of this camp, 
was actually going in and out of the camp, through the camp, and picked a person off in the middle of the night. That sounds sus. We should have an emergency meeting. Right. <laughs> so start talking about it. So what would you say if this happened? Uh, it was so from that moment, there was seven more victims in eight days. Imagine you're with this, you know, there's probably 8,000 of you guys spread out amongst these camps among eight miles. And you start hearing these screams every night and someone getting picked off. What do you do? I think my odds are pretty good. How so? There's only 365 days a year. If, if on average one person's dying every night, chances are I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to hang out. I like it. Okay, first of all, I'm digging a hole. Okay. Like a grave or a hole? Just like a hole, and I'm going to make my bed in this hole, and I'm going to put a piece of like plywood over it. So well, Don't confuse it with your shitting hole. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, the shitting hole is like at most 12 by 12, so I can't really sleep in there. This is going to be like a grave size hole. 12 by 12 feet? 12 by 12, 12 inch by 12 inch. Oh. How big are your poops? That's what, I, that's what I was concerned. He said 12 by 12, I assume feet. My poops look like a baby forearm. <laughs> Solid. The stretcher asshole as they come out, just popping blood vessels and making hemis. Ashy black baby. No, you know how I keep from popping blood vessels when I poop, Steven? Squatty potty. Mm. No, I I created the pumping method. Pumping method. Oh, that's when you you pump back and forth. You know. Oh, you pull it in, push it out, pull it in, yeah, push it like out. Yeah, you, you squeeze, you put, you you contract, and then you retract. You contract, oh. and then you retract. <laughs> So you're yeah. squeezing Solid. it out. Oh. It's like when you're going for the toothpaste, like the end of the toothpaste yeah. tube, and it does it, and you're trying to get it out, and then like right as you release your thumb to put it on the toothpaste, it like sucks it back in real quick, <laughs> and you push it back out. God. Now, Ryan, I, I, I really like your answer because I started thinking about that too. It's like, okay, 8,000 people. I mean, one out of 8,000 a night. Odds are not too bad, right? I mean, wouldn't want to be that poor soul. So, but would it be enough for you to continuously work day in and day out if people were getting picked off? Do you think there would be like a psychological effect? Probably. I mean, it, it, there's multiple camps, 8,000 people. How big are the camps? Uh, probably like 3,000. Uh, I think, actually, I think they had like a main camp of 4,000. And then they had like two or three smaller ones that broke up the rest. They were like an advanced camp closer to the bridge. I feel like I've seen this movie, Chris. Is this a movie? Movie? It's real life, man. <laughs> now, now steven steven i like your engineering and your ingenuity you know what i'm just gonna dig a hole and the big bad man eater can't yeah. get me but let, let me i'm gonna be the least let, let, let me get this straight you're just gonna dig a hole and then you're just gonna get a piece of wood and put it on top of you now now if this lion who can smell fantastically can smell you in that hole. Are you telling me he would just have to like push the piece of wood aside and it'd be like your your it'd be like opening up a uh, a, a fruit cup of Steven? Okay. So uh, you said that everybody is sleeping out by a campfire. Well, everyone's in tents. So you have like a tent that would house like ten people. So it's a bunch of little tents. And it's also Africa, so it's really hot during the day. So at night, I mean, I think underground that may be a little bit cooler. But it was just like a tent where they can get some, you know, kind of a maybe a taller tent so you can get some circulation through the top. I think he froze. Oh, Stephen froze. All right. Well, he's going to have to just and I... circle back, I guess. Oh, there he goes. So they realized over the next week that uh, 
where they thought the line was going to stay mostly at the perimeter, he was starting to walk through the camp in the middle of the night. And he said, to the point where the lion must have walked past hundreds, if not a thousand people, before picking his victim and pulling him out of his tent. And he would just run out into the grass, and you would never hear or see from that man again. And in the next morning, they would go look for him, and they would find him. That that lion would drag him a few miles before it ate him. Were there any um, commonalities between the lion's victims, making it more likely to get selected you by know, the lion? It's funny you say that because it was. Com- would you would you say it's insightful? It was. Uh, I would say a little bit. You know, it was, like let's take Colonel Patterson for example. He uh, he figured. The lions were just looking for an easy opportunity. And Colonel Patterson, he didn't even sleep in a tent. He had like a kind of like a single wooden house, like a one room house thing. I mean, it's probably the we're not talking about a nowadays home, but it's definitely better than a tent. And he said he was in there with the medic and they were talking and they heard some noise outside and they lucked out and they saw that the lion had walked right past his house, right past his door. And they looked at the footprints and they looked around and they're like, what, when did this happen? We've been in here for 30 minutes. Is it sometime in this last 30 minutes? And so they kind of inspected the exterior of the house and didn't see it. So he went back in, slept that night. And when he woke up in the morning, there were lion footprints on his footprints in the morning. So he, it almost gave him the impression he felt like he was being stalked a little bit. So another another thing I thought about is, I mean, you, you guys have been camping, right? When you go camping, you just walk to a dirt spot. You just pitch a tent, right? Yeah. Have, have you ever thought about, I don't know, building something around the tent? Like a moat? Like a protective barrier? Yeah, like a moat. A moat's an idea. So in this situation, do you think it would uh, be enough to get the idea to bring a moat? But they're cats. They can swim. I, I would build, I would dig a ditch surrounding my my home, but I would put spiky uh-huh. sticks through it and then cover it in foliage. So if the lion attempted to enter my tent, then he would just fall in Wait. and impale himself. There you go. Wait, so Chris, my everybody else is intense, but the jaguar or whatever's hunting me is going to bother with the piece of wood? <laughs> he could. I mean, the... the... But see, the, the, the point was, Tents there so was, and, and uh, uh, one, w- one of the items that we just talked about while you're getting your internet together was one of the lions, it walked past hundreds, if not a thousand people before it picked somebody to pull out and go devour. And Ryan asked a question about, hey, like, was there, was there certain workers that were more susceptible? Was the lions being picky? And they think of anything, it was so randomized that maybe they'd find you in the hole. Maybe they wouldn't, but the trick is you would never know. You know what? If that's the case, then I guess I'm just going to enjoy each day to the fullest, not knowing if at, my, at night I'm going to get chewed up by a big yeah, tiger. Yeah, there you go. Well, so we we're, we were talking about Ryan's idea of a moat. So one of the ideas they came up with is they created this thing called a boma. So they took, they gathered together all these large, thick, prickly bushes and made a big wall of thorns, like a big. And they got the they got the camps real condensed, real tight. Big wall of thorns. Hey, that's gonna stop the lion, right? When they did that, the next night there was two people that got taken. 
And they're looking, they're like, what's, what's happening? Are they going through there realizing the lions would grab the guy in their mouth and they had enough strength to jump with the person up over your thorn wall and then go out into the savannah. So this happened for two and a half months of nightly visitation. And Colonel Patterson had zero shots. He did not have any clear shots. The Indians called it the ghost. The Mahaganes called it the devils. The Africans simply called them lions. So they realized. <laughs> so they realized he was like, you know, he even he made a portion of the wall weak in, in expectation that the lion would come through the weak spot and he would wait at the weak point and the lions would attack the strong point. But then the next night they would attack the weak point twice. And so next thing you know, he said, hey, you know, they had like a field hospital that was a a little bit of a shack, a little bit more of a secured building. And so they figured if you're in the field hospital, you're not in a tent, you're probably doing a lot better, right? So the lion jumped through the air vent window towards the top of the wall, landed on two patients in their medical beds. Imagine being in the hospital and a lion lands on you. So one of the, one of the guys who was injured, the lion grabs him and begins to run with him. And so he sees a, he sees this big old table. So he grabs the leg of that table and he's like, you know, as long as I hold onto this table, the lion's not going to get me. Right? Wrong. That's a, no. They, (laughs) they found that table in the thorn boma. That man held onto that table and drugged that table almost a hundred yards and he, he let go of it when it got stuck in the thorns as the lion went, brought him through the thorns. God. Talk about stubborn. Right? They had another idea. Sometimes they would put, like, goats out. And they said, hey, I'll, I'll do some, I'll put a goat here. And they took a wagon, and then they put another wagon on top, almost creating, like, a tank. And they hid inside the wagon, looking at the goats, and they said, hey, when the lion comes up, I'll get him. So, but the problem was they would hear weird noises throughout the night and they were having a hard time figuring out if it was a lion or not. And then lo and behold, they see a dark spot in the, in the, in the, in the grass. And he's like, Hey, I think that's a lion. The other guy's like, no, I don't think that's a lion. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and poke it just to prove to you that it's not a lion. At that moment, the lion jumps, they freak out, they fire bullets going and they don't see anything. They don't see anything. They don't hear anything. So in that instance, do you get out and check for blood? Yes. Got confirmed to kill. Hell no. Those guys waited until the morning to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, fuck that. they found no blood. They found uh, no evidence that they had hit it. Well, they've been dragging them away like 100 yards anyway so from the get-go. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't imagine they'd find blood. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then after that moment where they fired... There was two months of zero action. What do you guys think happened? They scared it away. Right. Just need some good old-fashioned gunfire, right? All you really need to do is collect other lion piss and then circle your encampment with lion piss, and then that lion will believe another lion has that part of its lion territory. Ooh, I like that. That's a great idea, right? Would Ryan. you call it would you Where say it, get... it's insightful? I would say so. Yeah. Why are all your solutions having to do with the restroom? Everything's poor people. Everybody poops. 
for Betty Poop's sister. But where do you? So, but Ryan, where can we get some lion pee? A lion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get it. <laughs> after two months of nothing happening, the attacks resumed with ferocity. There was roaring. They were roaring to acknowledge that they were coming, and they were still pulling people out. And people's the more the morale of the camp got so bad they just thought they were doomed. When they would hear the roars, they would say, "Beware, the devils are coming." The guy Patterson has been working on this issue for ten months. Instead of building the bridge, he's been working on the lion issue and has had basically no luck. Over a thousand workers left because they said, "F that, I'm not going to deal with it." So they had another idea. Do you guys think there'd be a way to trap a lion? Yeah, my ditch with spiky How? wood. Ditch with explain explain in more detail yeah, for you, the you dig the ditch. There. I explained this like five minutes ago. You dig the ditch surrounding the campground and you put like spears inside of it and then you cover it with leaves and then the lion walks over it. And... Do you put any kind of like bait out there? Steven. <laughs> <laughs> put Steven in his hole. Perfect. There you go. Well, so they came up with the idea of a giant box. You know, like, like a big box and there's like a swing arm. So there's like one wall will lift up and you put a stick there. And then when the lion gets inside, you pull the stick and it closes shut. Yep. So they did that. So they put four in the in the back of the box. There was like another room with a bunch of, the, you know, it was just like big slots. So there was openings to like stick your hand through. But they put four guys in there and they said, hey, you wait in there. Well, when he closes it, the lion is in a cage. You just got to shoot it. Right. So they hear the trap get set and they hear this ferocious roaring of this lion as he is freaking out in there. And Patterson, he's kind of off to the side, and he's, like, looking. He's like, oh, yeah, we're about to have lion. So, but he's like, why is there no gunshots? I just hear this lion freaking out, and there's no gunshots. Suddenly, a shot goes off. And another. And another. And another. And one of them hits Patterson's uh, tree stand. And he's like, what is going on? Well, those guys were so frightened being in the back of this cage that they with this ferocious line that they just kind of freaked out and fired and one of them happened to hit the mechanism that closed the gate which happened to open the door and allow the line to run free <laughs> god damn it <laughs> you had one job there was one where patterson was trying to stock it during the day it was uh he found it feasting on a donkey and so he leaps he lifts his rifle and right as he lifts his rifle the lion turns and makes the eye contact with them he pulls the trigger click the gun does not go off. The lion starts growling and stands up. And at that moment, the guys who are with him start coming over and the lion takes off. So there was another one where he was, uh, he was hiding in a tree. And he had a little goat down there that uh, they had been tracking. Or that they, they had for bait. And as he's sitting there, he heard a twig snap. He's looking around. And he feels something on the back of his head. An owl had landed on his head because he was not moving at all. So then the lion freaked out. Lion or the the owl flies away, and then as he's waiting, he hears another twig snap, and he looks. He's looking with his eyes, and he sees a lion coming up on him, and he suddenly turns and he fires, and he hears the lion roar, and he fires three more times, and the lion roars and thrashes, and it takes off. And he's like, okay, I think I got him this time. So in the morning, they went out there and they found one dead lion. How long do you think the lion was? How long? 100 feet. How long? 
from nose nose to tail. Uh, he's going to be 12 feet long. Pretty close. Nine feet, eight inches. They brought him back. They were so excited. No word for 10 days. And then him and his, him and his buddy were waiting, waiting in another, uh, another location. Same thing. They hear the lion coming up and they fire at it. And he thinks he hit it, but it ran off. And the next night, it pulls someone out of the camp, but it doesn't eat them. It decides to drag them back and forth through the grass and just spread them as far as the eye can see through the grass. Almost as a, uh, hey man, we're, we're, we're playing with fire now. So, but he think, he think he hit it twice. There, he's waiting another moment. He baits them in with a, with a goat. And he sees it and he fires again and he hits it another two times. And so in the morning, they're out there tracking it and they find it in a thorn bush. In a thorn bush. And it starts growling and freaking out. And he's like, oh, I think its back leg is broken. Well, right as he lifts his gun, it charges at him. He fires. It takes the hit. It kneels down. It gets up. It keeps going. He fires again. Hits. Kneels down. Gets up. Gets closer to him. He fires three more shots. The gun is now empty and the lion is still coming at him. So he reaches for his the gun that his gun bearer had. But his gun bearer was up in the tree. So he takes off running for the tree and the lion lunges at him. He gets on the tree, starts climbing. The lion starts climbing up the tree below him. And he climbs up to his gun bear, grabs the gun, turns, fires, finishes it off. At long last, he had taken down the lions of Sabos. And he said he was personally aware, personally aware of 135 fatalities. But they're projecting it could be somewhere in upwards of 300 people in 12 months. That was the real-life story of the ghost in the darkness. Is that a movie? I'm pretty sure I saw... I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen this movie. They did make it a movie. Who is in it? That's nuts. You know what it reminded me of? The inside of your eyelids? Um, no. There was this uh, story that I read about... Um, I want to say just like Pearl Harbor or something. And like when they sunk like a naval ship oh, yeah. and all the sailors were out in the water and uh, like every night the sharks would come and like slowly pick off people like one by one. It was like a true story. And so like there was like this mental torture that was going on because every night they wouldn't know who was going to get taken. And it was just like days of, maybe like weeks that they're out there floating in the ocean people were just like going like mentally i don't know i gotta look that up you've heard about that yep no i've totally i've totally heard of that story they said that was one of the worst shark attacks in history it was it was something along the lines of like 80 percent of the survivors ended up getting picked off by the sharks over the course of a few weeks must have been an old story because like you think that there would be like a, a retrieval crew that would come by at some point yeah, I think it was it was maybe like World War II. Yeah, World War II, the Japanese uh, sub sank them. Nine hundred people, nine hundred people bobbed in the water for two weeks. Oh my god! And well, it'll it'll probably take. Uh, oh oh oh! Here we go! Oh snap! <laughs> It, uh, it says right here, of the original, uh, there was 11, it was a 1,200-man crew, only 317 remained. Estimates of the number who died from shark attacks range up to 150 people. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, because there was also other ways of death, hmm. too. This camp should have just hired Idris Elba. There you go. I saw him. Wait, he, he had a movie where he fought a lion. Idris Elba. That guy? Yeah. That's good. Oh. There you go. There you go, Ryan. It was a movie. It's that. It's that guy. That's Val Kilmer, Kilmer and. Um, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Kirk Douglas. Sounds right. But yeah. Fantastic movie. Super super sketchy. Based on a true story. Yeah. So why was this lion super smart? It's just it, it's it's one of those things where mankind thinks that they kind of have a grip on nature and nature just kind of comes the other way like in india they had a lion they had tiger problems for years and i think the root of it was a tiger was a was a sacred animal back there so you don't kill tigers so you just kind of let the tigers roam rampant and when someone would die they wouldn't bury them they would just like throw them in the river so they would float down so the tiger just over time developed a taste for mankind and then when they realized they were real easy pickings, they said, hey, if I get closer to these towns, I can just pick people off. And I think that's what the lions did. Oh. Yeah. The two lions, the hides were sold to the Chicago Museum. And so they're actually there today, but they say that the Chicago Museum didn't uh, it let them, it didn't, they didn't take care of them and they let them dry. So when you get there, they actually look a lot smaller than they actually were. I've been to the Chicago Museum. Did you see the lions? Probably. <laughs> I saw a big T-Rex, sued the T-Rexes there. It's huge. Ridiculous. All right, Chris. Thank you so much. That was uh, and very interesting. I never I never saw the movie. I'm going to have to check it out now. And very scary. Can you imagine being chased down by lions? Yikes. Yeah, yeah, Whoa, yeah, look yeah. at that. Yeah, you would love it. It's it, it, it's uh, I, I feel like I have that periodically because when, when I go hunting, I feel and you're like, I know there's dangerous animals out there, but I'm like, oh, I got my rifle. I got this. And then to just see that these lions ran circles around the guy with the rifle all these years. Or, you know, for 12 months, he was he struggled to deal with it. I was like, man, that just sounds terrible. I know what... Oh, I remember what they sounded like. They were like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, get closer to the mic. <laughs> I did... I did uh, damn it, Steven. I did not... <laughs> it sounded like, like that, I right? think there's, there's uh. one thing, if my buddy gets taken out by a lion... But it's another thing if it happens in the middle of the night and I make eye contact with him as he gets drug out. And the fact that I find out that they lick his skin until it opens up that he can actually eat their eat their, their meats and stuff. I was like, that's quite a way to go. All right, Chris, thank you so much for your segment. Uh, what were we going to say, Stephen? Yeah. I think he was just clapping his butt cheeks. Nothing. I was clapping my butt cheeks in ruckus apparently. <laughs> All right, spin your fucking wheel, Angel. Here we go. All right, let's see who's next. Here we go. And who's it gonna be? See, I thought we were doing like a D and D session at first, Chris. Hey, it's Steven. Yeah. Hey, it's Steven. Steven. Well, Steven's all, all excited right. now. That's oh, all my cool. time to shine. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Such a dickhead. Up rolling his, his eyes and shit. Leaving. <laughs> I didn't know uh, what was going you weren't here. on during Chris's segment. I was like very lost. No, he said we're sitting around a campfire. You hear a noise in the woods. What do you do? I'm like, all right, I'm fucking playing D and D now, so I'm gonna reach into my satchel and look for a flare gun. He's like, well, it's two ninety-eight. gun. <laughs> all right, well, what do I? I, I applaud your effort, your effort, Stephen. When I note, when I noticed that, I was like, oh, I think it's going too far in that direction. So I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just start reading. Let's see. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, great setup, Chris. Um, okay. All right. All right. I'm just going to start this off. It's Halloween. 
this is the Halloween podcast, so we're going to go right into the Halloween segment. I had a better segment planned, but I found out last minute that we're doing Halloween stuff. So after I scrapped a, a very sexual, steamy, romantic segment. Well, that Halloween's the same time every year, Stephen, so it really shouldn't have snuck up on you. It shouldn't be so surprising. Wait, wait. So, Stephen, first off, first off, can I can I check my satchel? Yes, you can check your satchel. Also, we're pre-recording this like way before Halloween, so a little <laughs> breaking the breaking the fourth. Well, Angel bit. promised yeah, this will air before call. Halloween. Anyway, so, so if you're hearing okay, this guys, afterwards, yeah. please email coinopcowboys yeah. at gmail.com and, and call <laughs> Angel a fucking liar. <laughs> it should be airing uh, October twenty. Well, there you go. Bookmark right that now. for history. But, it, but it's October. It is October right now. All right. Angel, cue the music. Everybody put their nostalgic hats on. It's time to go back in time. It's Halloween and the sun is starting to set. Your pizza, it's been delivered. You and your family are sitting down to eat. As you finish, you throw on your mask, grab your pillowcase, and set forth into the night. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Just got weirdly quiet with Angel's fan. Oh my god. Holy shit. The sound is so quiet without his fucking fan. It's so peaceful right now. I thought you guys I'll disconnected. I'll turn again. it off. Anyways, your pizza had been delivered. You and your family are sitting down to eat. You quickly finish, you throw on your mask, grab your pillowcase, and set forth into the night. You and your friends are on a mission to collect as much candy as you possibly can. From house to house, you scurry, trick or treat, and smell my feet. Candy is filling your sack to the very brim. <laughs> sack. You can, har- <laughs> you can hardly carry the massive bag of sugary treasure. The night is winding down, and the porch lights are slowly starting to turn off. You say goodbye to your crew, and you go back to, to your house. Uh, you get home, and your parents ask you, how'd it go? And you say, great, as you run off to your bedroom. You spill the candy all over your bed and you dive right in like you're uh, Scrooge McDuck in the the DuckTales intro, you know, (laughs) swimming through your candy. (laughs) Halloween was a success and you made out like a bandit. All right. Does that uh, that was my typical Halloween as a kid. I remember always getting dominoes and. you know, going trick or treating with friends to all the different neighborhoods back when you could actually do that. I don't. It's a little different now, but uh, was that typical for you guys growing up? Actually, before that, Stephen, I am having the worst. Uh, uh, what, what what is that when you're like, hey, I've I've been here before. I've heard deja before. vu. Uh, deja vu. I am having the worst deja vu right now because I have you made that Scrooge McDuck diving into Halloween candy joke before? Because <laughs> no, I, I remember that explicitly that I've heard you make I that joke. Just, I just do such a good job at like transporting your guys' minds back in time to uh, when you were kids. It felt like deja vu. Is that Chat GPT? <laughs> <That's gotta be laughs> that was not. I, this is the first week in like three weeks I didn't use Chat GPT to help me. Hey. Help me write. What the fuck? <laughs> no, I write. What I usually do is like I write out what I want to say, and then I go to ChatGPT, and I'm like, "Can you help me like with my grammar, like to help spice it up?" And then it pumps out some shit that sounds like total <laughs> garbage, and I'm like, "I would never talk like that," but you know, I borrow some stuff, adjectives, thesaurus, you know. Nice. That was wet, Ryan. Yeah. 
did that did that kind of sound like how you guys did Halloween growing up, or did no. you guys do it differently? Mine was I like want to hear. Mine was like that, but it was a little different because Yucca Valley were so spread out that you couldn't really walk house to house. You had to like your parents would drive you to a small neighborhood of like seven houses and you would walk to those seven houses. Then you'd have to get in the car mm. and go to the next large segment. And then, but we'd eventually yeah. come back to pizza and dive into our, our Scrooge. I grew up candy. in a typical suburban, you know, hellscape where there was just so many different neighborhoods that you could go into. And at that time, every neighborhood gave out candy. You know, there was no weirdness to it all. You you could go anywhere and knock on any door. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Pretty much, except you had the we had the Target neighborhoods that the rich neighborhoods that would give out the full size candy bars. So that, uh, that was that was the Target. Uh, we'll get to that later on. But yeah, I remember like starting at like eight o'clock in like middle school and whatnot, and then all of a sudden, kids started trick or treating at five in the afternoon. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Well, the time change would get you so. Like I remember like 5.30, the sun was starting to set, but like, you know, my mom, oh, we got to eat dinner first. You guys can't do it, whatever. And uh, so we would get out around 6.30 when it was actually dark. But yeah, you want to get a good start on it, man. You got to fill up that pillowcase. Did yeah. you guys uh, well, trick or treat what, what was your move when you encountered the yeah, house yeah. with the bowl? What would you do, Steve? <laughs> I don't remember too many of those situations back when I was a kid. Uh, a lot of the houses had like very excited adults handing out candy. I think maybe I came across a couple bowls, and I think I did it honestly. I didn't fucking. I wasn't a dick. I, I, I would do like a like. A, I had morals at one point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you, you do you do like a half grab, a half handful grab. It's like, oh, let's take a little bit. Boom, good to go. On to the next one. Yeah, you you definitely didn't just take one. It says, please take one. Or whatever. Yeah, I would take like a little handful, but I wouldn't dump the bowl in. <laughs> Ryan, I know you did. I did it. I did not. I was a good, honest boy. What about you, Angel? How did you do Halloween growing up? Was that a thing? No, actually, uh, we did Halloween once. I dressed as a vampire and walked around my neighborhood. And just the next year, no, because uh, something about it being super demonic. I don't know. My, my uh, parents. You didn't do like the tr- you didn't do like the, the church like uh, parking lot trick or treat. No. Tr- oh, trunk or treat. No. no, it was it was not good. Like the second time I ever trick or treated was yeah. with my daughter. Do you feel like you year. missed out on your childhood a little bit by not trick or treating like the other kids? No. I mean, I guess. Did you go to sc- like like go to school just, and be like, just, damn, everybody has candy and shit. I want fucking shit. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, it was whatever to me, I guess. It was one of my favorite days of the year. So, um, all right, next part of this. So that's good. I like to know, like, you know, how you guys grew up. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Well, I know about Angel now, but uh, I would sort out all my candy. As soon as I got home, I'd dump it on the bed and start sorting it out and separate my favorites from, like, the other crap that I didn't want. Did you guys do it? Did you guys have a candy ritual? No, for sure. And I had my, I had my older brother. We'd start trading. <laughs> oh, trading. There you go. Yeah, I'd trade with my sisters. You know, some of them like you know the laffy taffies, and I was a tootsie roll guy. So, you know, little little tradesies. Dude, like I wanted to get my hands on as many butterfingers as oh, possible. Oh right. <laughs> Did your parents uh, take your candy away from you so you wouldn't eat all of it in one day? Uh, yeah, kind of. Usually like that night, they would let me eat a few of them and then they would put it in a bowl on a really tall shelf that we'd have to ask for. Yeah, my mom would put it in her freaking closet and like, you know, she would only like let us have like 10 pieces a day 
and then eventually she would just throw away That's the bowl. Still a lot of pieces of candy. <laughs> they're like bite size, right? So you know, but I knew they would take it away. So as you get older, you get a little bit smarter. So you're like, as soon as I get home, I'll be like sorting it out, and I'd like take my favorite stuff and like create a little like secret stash in my bedroom that they didn't know about, and then I'd give them the bowl. I'm like, okay, here's all my candy. Take it away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd still have my candy in there. So uh, since they did that, I'd hide all my favorites, and that I wanted to get into this part of the the segment, which is what I was the favorites and least favorites of the Halloween candy. And I'll go through mine first, and I'll get to you guys. My number one all-time favorite, we'll, we'll go in reverse order. Number five is Junior Mints. Controversial. Those little tiny white box of How Junior Mints. How old were you when you are trick-or-treating? 72? <laughs> Controversial? <laughs> you're, you're listing your five top, right? Top five. I looked forward. And, and Junior Mints are number five. Yes. Wow. I, I still I love mint and chocolate together. It's just delicious. Okay, number four is Twix, mm. self-explanatory. Mm. Uh, number two was the Reese's peanut butter cups, the small ones that you could only get on Halloween. Wait, yeah. That, what was number three? Maybe skip three. Oh, number number that was number three. Sorry, number two was not a specific type of candy, but it was the full size ones. You know, because you get like a one or yeah. two full size like candy bars and those are always better than any of the small ones fuck yeah and the number one was the tootsie rolls and all the oh you motherfucker the first thing i thought of when it said worst candy was fucking tootsie roll you fucking boring ass motherfucker you're so white okay Okay, here's my least here's my least favorite then we'll see how you think about this number five the banana laffy taffies Eh. that's pretty bad i don't know number four bottle caps oh fuck you steven those are delicious. <laughs> Those are good. Those are good. No, they're not. Number three, any sort of bubble gum. Like, fuck bubble gum. I don't want bubble gum yeah, in my... Yeah. It's like the shittiest uh, yeah. of shitty bubble gum. Like, too. they gave you, like, the, the double bubble. <laughs> Number two, that weird uh, pineapple or strawberry hard candies with the gooey center that were, like, totally off-brand. Who, and they. <laughs> who's giving that away at Halloween? I don't know. I would, I would get those. And then number one, dots. Ugh. Oh, the paper dots. candy? No. no, dots are like those little gummies that are like just impossibly oh, yeah. hard Chewy. to chew and yeah. they get stuck in your teeth. They're not good. They're like old grandma candy. Yeah, but fuck you. Bottle caps are amazing. Oh, whatever. Some of them taste like root beer. You got the cherry cola in there. Yeah. They melt in your mouth. It's a phenomenal candy. I'm looking them up. Oh, with the classics, you know. I did like some of the the off ones. Where like you get like a chewy, like the chewy uh, spree. You know, the little oh, pack yeah. of chewy sprees. I like those. But those are that's a little more niche, right? I was on this website and like uh, they had all the Halloween candy ranked from like thirty down to one. And their number one was M and M's. I just didn't. I just deleted Ew. that website. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. M and M's are cool and all, but I think they would be like my number eleven. What was your no, What was your guys' like top two or three? Bottle caps. We'll get. Oh. <laughs> I can get a I get a box of ten for ten dollars right now. I'm buying it. Yeah. Set up. And you guys agree? There's like a difference between Halloween candy and regular candy because yeah. I feel like there's only there's some candies that like were notorious for being in your well like everything you said all the bad ones that you said those those only Mm -hmm. appear during halloween yeah (laughs) (laughs) just like where this come from (laughs) are you a fan of candy corn no i do like it i like it i like the texture i like it too actually thank you for that story steven i have bottle caps coming on tuesday are you order you just order some (laughs) i did Uh, while we're talking yeah oh wow uh, like, can, can, candy corn is good, but I feel like four or five pieces. 
after that, I think I'm good yeah, without. Them. I could do or with how about one. the little the little pumpkin that is like a candy corn. Yeah, same thing, right? Yeah. What about what are you guys thoughts on Airheads versus Laffy Taffy? Oh, Airheads are way better than Laffy Taffy. Yeah. You know, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, th- I, don't, I don't really like either. Wow. Oh, Airheads are pretty bomb. Except that mystery flavor has been a mystery for like 20 years. You can only figure it out by now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Like I, I I think I don't like I don't like Sour Patch Kids. I don't oh, like it's great. Uh, the the long strings of ones. I don't like licorice. I didn't like Smarties. Ooh, oh, like, that. Br- oh, know. I just remembered my all-time least favorite, Twizzler. The fucking and it's just uh, disgusting. What's wrong with you? It's just wax. There's no flavor. Yeah. To, it's just fucking red wax, bro. It's I really like Twizzlers. Good. Here, do you also want to eat fucking saltine crackers and drink fucking chicken broth for dinner? Well, sounds pretty good too. Man. <laughs> yeah, with clam chowder. Clam yeah. chowder is good, but it's not even the same. Yeah, thing. with saltines and and okay, broth. saltines as like a cracker to go in clam chowder. That's fine. Skittles. Least favorite. I, I hate Least uh, favorite can which is like the instant I'm tossing it. Tootsie for roll for sure. Skittles. Especially what? the, hol- the, the Halloween like the- Tootsie Rolls are fucking stale and shit. Like, I don't know. You know what the ones are bomb are like the big like square logs. <laughs> like they look you like they're like cut it. into segments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then at some like point that. they decide to have like flavored Tootsie Rolls that taste like perfume or something. Yeah. <laughs> the- I like the vanilla. Oh man. A bit oh honey. I- oh ew. Remember Sugar Daddies? <laughs> Sugar Daddy. Hot tamales. You know, Hot honestly, I, I feel like my whole candy world is just like uh, like Butterfingers, Kit Kat, Reese's, M&M's. Like if it's outside those four, I'm probably just not a big fan of it. I know you're a Twix man. Ooh, you know what, what Halloween candy I like a lot? The the Bones. Remember the Bones? The Bones? Oh, They're yeah. They're pretty much just sweet tarts, but you, like, you open it up and it was just like a pack of Bones and you can make a skeleton oh, okay, out of yeah. it. What about those one candy spree? Oh, I love spree. So many sprees. I love spree. So many. Oh no, no. Oh no, no, no. Not spree. I'm I'm talking. I'm talking about Smarties. I love the Smarties. Ones like the, the ones that you get so many of those. You're like, who likes this chalk? When, 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 <laughs> I do. When we were in London, I went to a McDonald's and I said, "Oh, now we have a new flurry or a uh, Smarty McFlurry," and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, buying that." But. The, in London, Smarties are different. They're like M and M's. It's very disappointing. I didn't. I didn't know that stack of like rainbow colored chalk candy was Smarties. You know what? I didn't like them, but I'd still eat them anyways. Suck it. <laughs> They're really good. Smarties are bomb, and I love untwisting the Smartie in a little plastic wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. Would you open up all your Starbursts to get the pink ones? Dum Dums. Dum Dums are bomb. Oh, gross! Those are the worst Dum-dums. lollipops on planet Earth. Yeah. When, Man, when you, any of your uh, friends at school grab the Smarties okay. and smash them up and then, like, snort them through a straw. <laughs> oh, we do pixie sticks. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing oh, in Yucca Valley, bro? They're learning. <laughs> hey, they're only a few years away from doing that for real. <laughs> I uh, would do pixie sticks. We would, like, snort yep. pixie sticks. Oh, those are good. <laughs> it's like the worst candy to give a child is just a tube of sugar. I did mm. not like uh, coconut candy. So, like, Almond Joy or how about that red... Almond Joy one was mounds. Mounds, yeah. I, I only liked that as I got older. I feel like coconut was yeah. like an acquired taste as I got older. Because like Mexican sweet. candies have a lot of like really good authentic coconut candies, like the red. There's like the white, pink, and green strip of coconut. That's really good. Bottle caps. Bleh. Yeah. How do I share my screen? I'm gonna show you these. Next to the at the bottom with the arrow. 
Wait, so Angel, you never had these before? What? The the red, white, and green coconut strips? I've never had that. I've never even nope. seen that before. I grew up in the whitest area in San Diego, man. We didn't get any Mexican candy. <laughs> Let's see. No. The only candy I liked was marzipan. Can you see this? Yeah. My oh, screen now? Can you see my screen, guys? Yeah. Has anyone, yeah. Has no, the strawberries are disgusting. That's why they're number yeah. 45. Number 45? This is okay. this gum, the double bubble gum. Is whole, why? Uh, yeah, dot. There's, There's a your dot. shitty oh, they junior mints. <laughs> they have my junior yeah, mints back. Piece of shit. <laughs> Forty two. Hey, the, the double bubble was really good for learning how to blow. I like how you're on the worst yeah. worst That's list true. of candy, but under each one, it's a buy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm like a. Sh- I don't like. I love musketeers and paydays and Babe Ruth. Crunch bars. Those crunch. are bomb. Crunch is not around anymore. What's up? You have to get them in like a... No, it's Crackles. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. No, they Crunch is still around in some places. There's my bottle yeah. caps, baby. There's bottle caps. Way above your junior mints. Sweet tarts. I like sweet tarts. Ooh, caramel apple pops. Who doesn't like those? I just don't those... remember them as a Halloween candy. Yeah. Though I used to get those in, when I was in junior college every single, every single day. Rolos. Wow, I haven't seen those in forever. Do you ever put oh, yeah. do you ever put a uh, milk duds in popcorn at the movie theater? What the hell's wrong with you? Mm, Chewy Yucca Valley. the bottom of the bucket. That's what the ego. In Yucca Valley, that was the recommendation. I thought it was terrible. They have candy corn listed as six. That's pretty Butter, high. Butterfingers five. Yeah, baby. To round out my segment, we uh, talked about uh, the, everybody's favorites, least favorite. Did we talk about least favorites? Is there candy you guys yeah, just Tootsie despise? Roll. Yeah. yeah, Tootsie Roll is terrible. Do you guys have, Ryan, do you have any funny trick-or-treating stories, you little menace? No, not really. I was, I was all <laughs> treat, no trick. <laughs> I was trying you to think, too. yourself? No, I was trying to think of like stuff that I did. I like legit just, by the time I was doing like menacing stuff, I wasn't trick-or-treating anymore. So. The... Uh, I feel like in elementary school and yeah, like elementary school era, we'd kind of go like house to house, like I was talking about. But then when I got into junior high, the local church had a gymnasium and they would do like, you go in there and you'd do like some kind of game. And regardless of what you did, they would just give you a handful of candy. So it was like a quicker way to go through all that. But they did have a car outside and you could pay money to hit the car with a sledgehammer. Which I realized they must have raked in so much money because one, I didn't realize how hard it was to actually damage a car that has had all the glass and breakables removed. But there was a guy that must have paid like a few hundred dollars because he wanted to put a hole in the roof and he just kept working it and working it and could not get the hole through the roof. That's crazy. Did you guys ever hand out candy? Yeah. Every year. You monster. So so how do you handle the handing out of candy? Do you, is, well, one, is there, do you have a lot of trick-or-treaters? No. Last year we did it at uh, in, La- in Laverne at my coworker's house, and it's just like a neighborhood that gets a fucking shit ton of, and they go through like thousands of dollars of candy every fucking Halloween. Jesus. So like I'm handing it out, and they're getting mad at me. No, just like one piece per kid. <laughs> it's like okay, sorry, <laughs> but like I would choose like the cuter, cuter kids. If I like, got older kids came by, I'd be like, get lost. <laughs> the two old. Nice. <laughs> And then uh, I told him this. This good double chin really made it. <laughs> he, he, he squeezed his chin in. <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to do a normal fart, but it wasn't coming out. But it's right there. So I had to like tuck in the chin and really get a good thrust uh, down there. Uh, hate it when that happens. Yeah. My, my boss lives like... 
like a half mile to a mile from me. Uh, he lives on a golf course, and he told me, he said when he first moved in, he bought like a bag of candy, and his neighbor's like, wait, you only bought one bag of candy? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, how much candy do we even go through? He went through 11 full-size bags of candy. Oh, shit. Jesus. Yeah, and he said in his neighborhood, it's like they the, the HOA like goes door-to-door and says, are you ready? Did you get all your candy like ahead of time to let you know to get it? And they said it's just buck wild over there. So over here, I'm like, oh, hey, I'll, like I... Like, I told my wife, oh, i got to get all this candy because we're going to have all these people. I think we had, like, three trick-or-treaters come by, and they were just my neighbors. Yeah, my house in Anaheim, we'd get, like, two. Yeah, but so I'm guessing Huntington Beach, you're, you're right there. You must be in a hot spot. No, last year, I don't think we had any. Oh, yeah. oh you are kind of nestled back there a little bit. Yeah. So, like, now what my wife recommended was let's just go to Costco and get full-size candy bars and just leave a box of full-size candy bars on the front porch while we walk the neighborhood with our kids. Well, your house is also kind of, like, tucked away, so I could see people walking by and be like, it is. yeah, I'm not going down there. I don't think I belong down there, and let's keep on going. Yeah, it's like it's like a one-way in, one-way out, so. The trick is to, like, start stocking up at Costco, like, around June. And you can get, like, a normally priced bag of candy. Wouldn't your candy go bad by then? They don't, like, have Halloween ca- No. Who cares? You're giving it away for free. I don't, I'm not eating it. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> how, about, how about no candy that doesn't contain nuts? Have you ever felt that obligation to only hand out No, because candy? every candy has a warning on the back of it that says process in a facility that does nuts. Not my responsibility. You're trying to ruin Halloween just like everybody else is trying to ruin Halloween. Fuck those nut allergy bitches. Don't fucking trick or treat. Steven just wants to see the world burn. That's right. <laughs> no, I want to <laughs> preserve a fucking sacred holiday. Everybody wants to stop. And then people are just like, fine, you know what? I'm not going to do it. You know, because you know what? I have to fucking be conscious of nut and allergy. Because you can't get rid of nuts. We will all have no fun. Yeah. yeah. Just imagine that kid that's, uh, you know, running down to the ER because somehow he went to Steven's house to trick-or-treat. We already don't have that many trick-or-treaters because parents don't want to let their kids go trick-or-treating because they're so scared of them being, like, kidnapped. Yeah, that's true. People are freaking reclusive. My my daycare asked for a candy donation, so I'm all excited to go get it. But they said, not only can it be no nuts, but it has to be in a nut-free facility. How the fuck are you going to find that? Like, dude, it's hard to find. You have to find a bag that specifically says that on it. This was made in a nut-free facility. So, it, so one, anything Hershey's owned is not it. So you got to scrap Hershey's off the table. You're left with this bag of Dum Dums, <laughs> uh, Bubble Gum, and Smarties. And I'm like, this is terrible. This is, and that's what I have to shovel off to daycare. Yikes. Well, you know, it's a different world we live in. So... No, thank you, Stephen, for uh, sharing. Wonderful to hear everyone's stories about trick-or-treating as children, everyone's choice for candy. There you go. Uh, lots of... Did you ever poop your pants while trick-or-treating, Stephen? No. You do You do have a built-in bag for the holiday. <laughs> because it was available, he was like, I don't need it. <laughs> right. You know, my, my parents told me later in life, they said, do you know how we realized when to stop trick-or-treating? One of you would have to go to the bathroom. So whenever that would happen, we'd say, okay, we're done for the night. So now my brother and I would be, like, <laughs> struggling. Just one more house. All right. With that, uh, I want to thank uh, you guys for participating this night. Thanks for hopping on. I uh, hope you, the listeners, enjoyed our first of our two Halloween special episodes. So, you know, stay tuned for the next one next week. Uh, please like, subscribe, follow, comment. Let us know how you would like, how you would handle a lion attack. And uh, what's your favorite and least favorite? Where, where can they uh, where can they ask those questions? Oh, they can ask at insert. 
email. Where the fuck's the email? <laughs> coinopcowboyspod at gmail.com. It's coinopcowboyspod at gmail.com. Yeah, I left that in the last recording, the whole fucking insert email here. But it's in the description, so they'll see that tomorrow morning. Um, anything you guys want to say before we say goodbye? Good night, cowpoke. I hope you have a beautiful evening. Be safe. Send me all your Tootsie Rolls if you're a hater. All your junior mints and Tootsie Rolls can come to me. Be safe. Be aware. How many dress tootsie sexy. Rolls would be too many? One. So right, right, right. Say that again. I cut you off. One. No, your sign off. Here, sign off. Oh, be safe. Be sexy. Something. I don't fucking remember. You ruined it. I, I could just isolate his audio. It's fine. There you go. So, Steven, how many Tootsie Rolls would be too many Tootsie Rolls? Not enough. I could eat a whole freaking Costco-sized bag of Tootsie Rolls. I think we need to upgrade this Twinkie bet to the Tootsie Roll. Yeah. How, but I would enjoy it. How the many? Twi- how many? Twinkie bet is supposed to be disgusting. How many do you think you could eat in one sitting? 30 minutes. How many, how many Tootsie I Rolls think my, I think I'd break my... Oh, I think I'd break my jaw. It's a lot of wait, chewing. Wait, wait, wait. You chew break Tootsie Rolls? Break my jaw. <laughs> You're a What's psycho. Up? You, you chew your tootsie rolls? Aren't you supposed to chew just, them? Are you just no, swallowing tootsie rolls whole? deep. And I'm the cereal. I get oh, my God. Get the big, oh long my, one. Oh, my God. They get the fat ones, too, that work out. So. This guy calls me the cereal killer. He's just deep-throating tootsie roll-offs. <laughs> Enjoy them, Chris. Well, how many do you think you could finish in 30 minutes, Stephen? I think that I could finish 50 Fun size Tootsie Rolls. Really? Yeah. Does that seem little? Does it seem little? Seems like a lot to me. I think you'd cap out at 15. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. November 1st, even. 15 is a lot of Tootsie Rolls. (laughs) It's a lot of wasted calories, I'll tell you that. Aren't they like one calorie or something stupid like that? No. It's like five for 100 or something. 155. Jink. For six. Jeez, that doesn't seem. So it's like twenty six calories each one. Yeah, it's more than you'd think. I would, I would like to watch you eat fifty tootsie rolls in thirty minutes. But you would, you fucking nasty fuck. How many tootsie rolls is that per minute? <laughs> it's like I was guessing like one, <laughs> one and a half per minute. That's so fast. <laughs> are we talking? What size After, are you thinking? I'm thinking fun that, size. Like original size. Yeah. The original size, size. not yeah. the micro ones, like the, the well, normal like this small big. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like a little like yeah. twisty little at each twisty. end. Yeah. What do we got to do to set this up, Steven? I really want to... I don't know. I Go to Target? I want to see you sit <laughs> on a table with a bag of Tootsie Rolls and just start Next. eating for 30 minutes. <laughs> Next podcast. Oh. Next podcast. Steve. We'll do it. All right, Steven. I just got the answer for you. Okay. Let me, let me yeah. share the screen right here. So, so you said 50 of them, right? You ever wonder mm-hmm. what 50 Tootsie Rolls looks like? So I went to, okay, can you see this screen? Let's see if I have the right one on. Yes, uh, nope, nope, it's not that one. So if I go here, if I go to this page, this one. Okay, so this is like the normal Tootsie Roll bag, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that kind of looks like it. So <laughs> ima- ima- imagine that in front of you, Steven. It'd probably like rest in your hands like this, right? How can I unwrap tootsie- all of them first? Or is part of the eating unwrapping? You can unwrap them. I have, I have yeah, zero, right. zero issue with unwrapping. It's, it's clearly <laughs> but, it's just but, a chewing. But, Stephen, Stephen how, many, how many Tootsie Rolls do you think is in this bag? A bag that takes up about both of your hands. I'm going to go with 15 ounces. I don't know. There's like 50 in there. There's 65. 
So you would basically be sitting eating that whole container worth of tootsie rolls. Imagine that problem. ball in your stomach. Not a problem. <laughs> that iron stomach of yours. But dude, you would have the worst pooping problem after that. I would just uh, take a laxative. That's quite. That's a dangerous combination. <laughs> you know what I would like to see y'all do? <laughs> take a Mentos and chug some soda. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Makes you throw up. I don't know. <laughs> Let's stick to the tootsie rolls here, Stephen. Don't distract from your mission. Have you ever tried the? Have you ever done the saltine cracker challenge? What's that? Oh, I beat it. I actually beat I it. I beat it too. I did in high school. Yeah. To be very what hydrated. This, what is the salty yeah. cracker? They said you can't finish like six in a minute or something yeah. like that. Six squares or six packages? Six, six individual saltines. Because they're, they're so salty and dry that it dries you out to the point you can't swallow them. Oh, interesting. I totally thought you were going to talk about the Sprite banana combination. What the fuck's a Sprite banana? I don't know, Ryan. Maybe you should try it. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck's the issue with Sprite and a banana? <laughs> Makes you throw up. What? No. Does it? YouTube yes, it. No. YouTube it. But but make sure you put no. Tosh, the Tosh.0 episode. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Okay, we got to do that one live. Hey, it's me again. Your favorite cowboy. Listen, I don't know what happened with that recording. Uh, we forgot to say goodbye again. Obviously, we did say our goodbyes, and then we started talking about other things. And that was fun. Be sure to check out our next Halloween episode next week uh it's part two we talk about a lot of fun stuff uh heading into the halloween season so thank you so much for listening uh like subscribe comment uh drop us a line coin up cowboys pod at gmail.com and we'll see you next time mm-hmm.